0: been watching lego masters season three well if you have then you probably noticed the mother-son team emily and liam i knew emily for a few years and i just had the pleasure to interview her and talk to her about her experience on lego masters and also about her parenting experience and her relationship with liam so let me introduce emily to you emily mohajeri norris is a lego masters contestant from charlottesville virginia who currently lives in tucson arizona She's now competing on the Head Fox competition show with her son, Liam. She received her undergraduate degree from the University of Virginia and her master's degree from Harvard University. She has a background in education where she homeschooled her three sons and helped grow their passion for Lego. In fact, she was Liam's first Lego League coach when they lived in Virginia. can watch emily and liam compete on lego masters every wednesday at 9 p.m eastern and pacific on Fox. hi emily welcome i'm really excited and happy to do this interview with you i know we've known each other for a few years so seeing you now on lego masters and it's it's such a pleasure and i'm really thankful that you have the time to chat with me a little bit about your experience on lego masters and also uh, you know your experience with parenting, having a mother-son uh, team is—you're uh, the first mother-son team, so that's really special. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about you know your parenting experience, nurturing that special connection with your son, and also your experience on Lego Masters. So thank you for being here. It's that's it's cool. really.
1: Thank you for the invitation. I'm so delighted
0: to join you. Absolutely. Uh, You know, my family is a big fan of Lego Masters because my son loves Legos. And uh, so we've been watching season one and season two. And now it was such a surprise to see you and Liam on season three. So it's everybody's excited. We're cheering you on. And it's also such a a nice thing to see that you're such a strong team. And You, your builds are beautiful so oh, far really beautiful builds. So um, we've just actually watched the latest episode four uh, out on a limb and you Emily actually went out on a limb and helped another contestant while she was having a little bit of um, kind of a stressful situation. And this is not something that we've actually seen in previous episodes, you know, helping a competitor. But you said that as a woman and a mom, you felt that you really needed to support her. So that was really special to see. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how did it, you know, you stepped out of your own build and left Liam by himself. So how was that? <laughs> how did he feel? I mean, Link
1: I'm, not, I'm not sure that he noticed that I was gone for those uh few minutes. Actually, he he came over by the end and was also offering yeah. his support to Michelle and Christine. So um so we were, you know, we we're blessed to be at the table next to them. And we actually shared a van ride with them that week as well. So Mm -hmm. we had some special time with this wonderful team. These two ladies are phenomenal. They are creative and positive and full of life and energy and beauty and love sharing, you know, their culture and their family, their love for their families and so on. So, you know, we understood we were walking the same path with them in the sense that we had all been on for three full episodes by now and these are filmed you know in sequence back to back you Mm -hmm. know it's a filming Mm -hmm. schedule so everyone was tired by then except for you guys (laughs) but everyone else we were tired and um, we know that sometimes you hit a creative roadblock whether it's you can't come up with ideas or as a team you're struggling to choose an idea and feel Mm. good about it and move forward. And I think everyone had that experience at some point or another on the show. So we could all relate, but we were blessed to be at the table next to them. And that meant we were aware of what was happening. So, you know, in that large room, you can easily miss what's going on across the room. Uh, You may not even always catch what's going on at the Mm -hmm. table next door to you because they might be more soft-spoken or more subtle with their um, behaviors, their physical language, body language. In this case, it became very obvious that, you know, the stress is building up. And also what you don't see, but we see, is when the cameras come in on a team in a stressful Mm. moment. For example, we started that episode with a lot of extra cameras on us because we had the golden brick. So they needed to get Mm. some footage showing us starting our build, with the golden brick and it was more cameras than normal so we kind of felt mm-hmm. the tension builds when you have more cameras on you you can't help but right. know it. so this was similarly happening for michelle and christine as they were struggling with their ideas and the clock ticks and it goes by so quickly and in their case um, a little bit more on a live stream we joined last night like they were having Multiple ideas, but for one reason or another, the idea wasn't going to work. So they were. There was time mm-hmm. that they were waiting to hear: Is this, for example, um, you know, is this intellectual property that we can use as part of our idea? And then by the time the answer came back to them, minutes and you know had passed enough minutes that it felt more stressful each time. So this just we we get it, um, and I just you know there's a certain There's a certain feeling you have when you're struggling and the cameras come in right then that just compounds the problem. Mm -hmm. So we were just, you know, that was um, not, you know, I, yes, we were there for an elimination style show, but that's not why we were there. Liam and I Mm -hmm. were attracted because of our love of Lego and our love of sharing creative ideas and and, um, output with others and wanting to, you know, just bring some positive energy into the world. So we just kind of walked that path regardless of how it was going around us, on around us. Like, so if that meant stepping away naturally, Mm. you know, a human next to me is in distress, of course I'm gonna step away. Absolutely. Bill came over afterwards and asked, you know why I noticed you did that, why did you do that? And I just, I think I replied something to the effect of, you know, well, when you love others, you know, we're all here to love one another. And when you love others, you want to help them out when they're in need.
0: Absolutely. That is so beautiful. And it's really it was beautiful to see that kind of spirit on these very competitive shows where, you know, everybody wants to win. And, you know, it's like, oh, if they lose, that's just secures my spot. But in this case, there's way more humanity and uh, to that and you know the feeling like we can help each other and that doesn't mean you know it doesn't compromise anything so that yeah, was
1: it really doesn't if i can add me you know i think for the most part the teams all wanted each other to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, there were mo- many moments of humanity that maybe were not caught on camera. there right. were cameras on at that moment. Actually, I was trying to <laughs> <laughs> heal her from the cameras to give her a little bit of yeah. reprieve from the tension of that moment and, and just support them lovingly. Yeah,
0: I can imagine the stress of being watched. You know, every move you do, everything you say, so that it, it can be stressful.
1: So, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this also um, at one point later that, you know, when we deal with stress, we often want to step away and catch our breath Mm -hmm. and in that kind of setting, there was no real escape. You're constantly miked. There are cameras even in the hallway back behind the set, you know? So it's very hard Mm -hmm. to find that two minutes that you might need to just recenter.
0: Mm-hmm. wow, yeah, I was gonna ask you like what is what has been the hardest thing about being on a, you know competitive TV show, reality show. And that seems to be one of the hardest thing, um, mm-hmm. not having that private space and mm-hmm. being watched all the time. Mm-hmm. So you said that, yeah, you you came, you want to win, but that's not why you came to like a masters. so I'm curious, As a mom, like when did you start being interested in Lego? Was it because of your sons, or was it before that? Or when did that start for you?
1: Yeah, so I came at it as a mother who had not grown up with Lego. Um, we didn't really have Lego in the house until I was in my teens and my younger brother got some and didn't share them with me. So I, I don't even remember seeing them because he actually didn't like them and they didn't last long in our house. My mom gave them away. <laughs> so he was into other things. But anyhow, as a mother, um, I, an educator, as was homeschooling at the time, I was always on the lookout for any wonderful play materials. Uh, anything that would help enrich the learning environment in our home and the play environment. So I was at a yard sale one day and found a big bin of Legos for $10, you know, one of these huge bins. Mm. Fantastic. That's a great deal. (laughs) Bringing it home. So that was just the beginning of our journey was me thinking of it as yet another wonderful play material, right? Mm. And a tool for their learning. So Then Liam just connected so well with, with Lego. Like it spoke to his heart. Um, It was very, Kind of meditative and peaceful for him as a de stressor or just kind of a joy builder. And then it was also a wonderful tool for his storytelling, which we already knew was one of his loves and his strengths. Hmm. And it just has never stopped, it's just continued to grow. So then I got into it more in his late elementary years when um, he was also interested in the robotics side of Lego. Lego offers these wonderful, you know, um, Robotics systems like Mindstorms. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I looked around for a team through the first Lego League program um, to see if he could join one. And there were none available with openings. So I uh, learned from a friend how to coach the team and got started Mm -hmm. and coached his first Lego League team for four years. Eventually, Mm -hmm. his brothers got involved too. And it has been a one that was a wonderful journey um, through his middle school years. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's, yeah, that's quite amazing that you, um, yeah, because I was gonna ask you also about like Liam's passion for Lego and what did, when did that start? So it sounded like you actually started, you know, by providing him with that Lego box, and then you continued on supporting that passion throughout, um, you know, I, I know that you are a homeschooling mom, you've homeschooled your three boys, and so this is this is fantastic. So you've seen that he has a passion for Legos, and it's really helping him, and it's giving him that space. Did you ever feel like, oh, maybe he's spending too much time on Lego, and he needs to study? Because sometimes, honestly, you know, I I live in an expat community, and you know, I I meet people from all around the place, and sometimes I find some parents do um, feel that you know, maybe it's a waste of time, or maybe they need to be spending their time on learning more, you know, especially if they have to achieve certain grades in the school system. So how did you balance that? You know, was it an issue at all? or Did you feel like, no, it wasn't actually, it supported his education?
1: Mm -hmm. Wonderful. No, that's such a great question. And I think that kind of traces my evolution as a parent and as a homeschooler, really, because Um, Naturally, in the early elementary years, I was like here toys play, but at some point I started to feel like I had to focus more on the academics and the Lego was detracting from his studies because he, would, I, I couldn't find him. Where is Liam? Oh, he's up in the playroom playing Legos again, you know? Yeah. And um, and so at some point, I remember there was a year or two where I said, okay, Liam, you're not allowed to touch Lego until you've finished what you need to do in your homeschool first. So uh-huh. it was kind of work hard, play hard was my mm-hmm. approach. And then it evolved further and further. I saw, wait, this is his primary passion. Mm-hmm. I need to incorporate this into his learning better. I need to actually center a lot of his mm. education around this. And that's when in high school, I decided uh, to design, with his help, his input, You know, we designed um, some independent learning opportunities. He set goals, huge goals for himself um, that were design oriented but also there was all this entrepreneurial side to it because that was when he was starting his youtube channel or getting out and exhibiting in the lego community and starting to share his art more uh, systematically and intentionally Mm. in the community so it, it then by the end of his high school it was such a huge part of his education we also did continue you know encouraging him to focus on all his academics and somehow it all worked out
0: right yeah that is absolutely true and i think that supporting kids passion and giving them that space to play and you know experiment and show their own personality is very important like it actually supports you know whatever academic and the fact that you were able to incorporate them i think your background you have a background in education right you have a master's from harvard in education um so that did that help you kind of incorporate and support and you know figure out where do i need to focus my attention and how i can support him
1: mm-hmm. uh, definitely my background and interest in education yeah. you know into this, um, my my math stories was more focused on international education actually, and not like early childhood uh, development or anything like that. But um, but I read those books on my own, you know, for my yeah. own uh, enjoyment as a parent and educator. Um, And that definitely played into it. And I just maybe want to pause and say to anyone listening, you know, if you think, oh, I wish my child were more into Lego or Mm -hmm. blank, or how can I help encourage or push that? I'll just suggest that, you know, often with a child's love of something, there's only so much we can do to encourage. We can provide the environment. Um, A lot of times you'll hear homeschoolers describe strewing materials around that you want to let your child be exposed to and you know, maybe you'll also take them to a Lego exhibition or something and show them like wow look what people can do isn't this inspiring. But maybe it's also just a trip to the library Liam actually was reflecting the other day that part of what grew his love of Lego as an art form was discovering books that featured really high level Lego art and he had never seen this before. We weren't really on the internet looking for it. We didn't, had not yet attended an exhibition, but that just started planting seeds. And it's only in retrospect that we see how that path was laid out. It wasn't all something that I crafted or I could Mm. foresee at all. Um, So I think there's a lot to be said for children and youth exploring and finding what they love Mm. And us parents being very open to seeing what that might be. And in many children and youth, it may not become so apparent even until their 20s. And to be patient and loving and supportive in kind of whatever is interesting them um, at that moment.
0: Thank you. Yeah, that is absolutely. I'm I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about my son who's like 16 years old now and you know you are we are at that point where he is starting to think about his future but it's not really clear and you know there are some things that he's interested in and for some kids like they know exactly what they want for him it's he's still figuring that he has some interests so we have to figure that out so what you said just sounds like so true you know being open to the possibilities and kind of encourage them in where they want to go. So I love what you said. So let me take you back, go back a little bit into your parenting because it's clear uh, you have such a wonderful relationship with Liam and it's so wonderful to see in the Lego world. Do you, is it common to see mom and son teams or is it rare? Oh, that's
1: such a great question. Okay. So The Lego world is really vast, if you can imagine it filling this whole screen. And Lego Masters might be as big as this panda over here, right? Oh, wow. Lego Masters is in, oh, I've heard different numbers, I'm not sure, but at least 14 different countries around the world. Mm. And, um, you know, so there are some... Countries that they're in their first or second season, others are third or fourth season. Um, there are a lot of Lego Masters contestants actually around the world right now. Liam and I are the first mother-son team in, for the North American show. Okay. And we're very excited to represent a mother-son relationship on the show. We think that's an important, valuable um relationship. We're not the first one in the world, I should just yeah. add the UK at least had one and I believe Australia may have had one as well. Anyhow, um, but we're super excited to represent this relationship in the US because, you know, I see mothers are the first educators of children, you know, we're there from their Mm -hmm. earliest days in the womb. They're accustomed to our voice and our movements and our smell even apparently, you know, a baby comes out of the womb, recognizing its mother and attaching and so on. So, for us to be there creating a supportive play environment and constantly engaging with our child in a loving and respectful way like, oh, tell me about what you've just built or you know that kind of positive reflection so that they develop also that positive voice in their head um, is I think a very powerful and important part of a child's development. And so I think if you look at the Lego world, this rest of the screen, Yes, there are a lot of adults who later, um, you know, develop their, get back into their love of Lego. We call these adult fans of Lego. Some of them actually never skipped a lull in their love of Lego. There's this huge group, but there's this huge group, if you ask me, if we can say that word, huger, (laughs) much larger group that are children who are exposed to Lego at home and often it will be the mother who's engaging with the child whether they're providing the set helping them some parents help their children unwrap and follow the instructions and teach them how to follow the instructions Um, some families are just playing with loose lego bricks together mothers are so much a part of the path of play for children around the world and to have this example of a mother-son team or mother-daughter, one day we'll see too. Um, mm. On screen is just to me representing really the heart of the Lego play experience for a child. That mm. yes, it is a wonderful tool for children. It's also a great way for adults to not only express their own creativity, whether it's as their own hobby or th- with their child, but also to help develop their child's you know language skills um, Sci- you know, the science and technology side of things, the, the, um, an engineering kind of thinking, the artistic side, mm-hmm. their storytelling, their, um, social skills, sharing and communicating that with others, so many things. So wow. yeah, I'm excited about this.
0: That, that is very exciting. And it is interesting because, I mean, I talk about play in parenting and it's, it's mm-hmm. so important to just sit and engage And it's a way to connect, to be present with the child, to engage on their world. And this is how you can have, uh, I mean, you know, play is just so important. Not not just like passively play, but it's it's immersion play. It is where you find yourself and you can also use it in education and learning. So this is absolutely, I totally support that. And I think it's wonderful. Um, I don't think that... um, we know that in the world, you know, just the importance of that so much. So I'm, I think the Lego community is aware of that because they are engaged in it and they can see the positive results. I My hope is that, you know, with this show and bringing that awareness that more parents will see that and they will realize just how important it is to sit down and play and use that tool, you know, yeah. for for emerging personalities, for imagination, for education, for connecting things, so that's absolutely great.
1: Yeah, and you know, just to add on to that, um, I, I feel like I'm probably the contestant that most resonates with the LEGO Foundation, which is a arm of the LEGO Group. I mean, it's their nonprofit mm-hmm. arm that goes out in the world, and basically, they are sharing. the the need for the value of play in the world. They're supporting all sorts of efforts around the world to promote play for especially younger children. Uh, And they're not doing it necessarily with Lego. They're doing it, they're seeing that Lego is a tool and that's wonderful, but they are part of the bigger movement to promote that play, that connection. Um, And I I just love that because I, I think there was one interview I did recently with the University of Arizona and I found myself saying, you know, I saw Liam was doing storytelling, even if it was with like sticks and stones and dirt, like out in the yard there, you don't have to have resources, a Lego in your house to actually begin that play path. You know, Mm -hmm. it is natural. It's like, we're wired to explore the world and interpret it and tell stories as we process things, right? Mm -hmm. And so, play is such a natural part of a child's being but we just need to create that safe space and ideally give them a variety of tools and resources and including, I love Lego, there's no doubt about it, but it Mm -hmm. can be anything.
0: It could be anything.
1: And also just creating that safe space for them that encourages and values play.
0: Right, right, absolutely. And and it sounds like this play is part of maybe what created that connection with Liam. I was uh, curious because- One of the parents um, that I shared when I, you know, when Lego Masters came, I was like, I'm so excited. My friend is on it. And I shared that with my email list. And one of the moms said that she was so touched. uh, She does have a little boy and she's like, I was so touched because this is exactly how I would love my relationship with my son to be when he grows up. So I'm just curious, how did you nurture, you know, that connection that it's so obvious that you share such a wonderful relationship. So I'm just curious, what did you do as a mother and of course, homeschooler to, to nurture that connection?
1: Oh, such a great question. Well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So of course I'm speaking from the standpoint of my son who is 18 on the show is now 19 and I can see it. But um, in the moment, probably, it's like I try to remember and I I recall even just with his birth. So he was my first child. um, With his birth, I was a career woman. And I did like the idea of staying at home with my first child. I had a boss who was amazing and had lived in Scandinavia for a while and said, please, we'll hold your job for a year. Just spend time with your baby. So But I remember still thinking, I'm not sure what I'm getting into, um, as I guess all parents do, and feeling kind of rewired through the labor and birthing experience. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I really literally felt like my brain was attuned in a whole new way to this new being that was relying on me. And I think that's the gift of like how our physical, like the brain changes that can literally happen in us as we step into a new situation, and this is like the role of a lifetime, right? To become a parent, like it never ends. Once it starts, it is for the rest of your life, right? So I I approached, I did take time off. I was really grateful for that opportunity. I remember um, noticing that there were a lot of women um, kind of of a similar socioeconomic uh, um, experience in life who were saying, you know, I am not so fulfilled by my life in the corporate world right now. I would like to do this for my family, for my children. And I was one of those women. There was a little movement at that time. And it was wonderful to have that opportunity um, and just do some consulting on the side. I was very privileged, very fortunate for that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, We did have to reorganize our lives completely, though, to go down the living off of one income. But at that time, then, I had this freedom to be very tuned into my child and and he had a younger brother by the time I remember we would sometimes say let's go on um a baby mommy adventure and we would just hop in the car and do things like drive around town chasing the train that Mm. was wiggling its way through town or we would say oh look there's a hot air balloon let's go see it land and talk to the people who who fly it, and see how they roll it up, and they even would sometimes involve us in that process. So we would get out in the world and explore and have adventures together. So that really um, developed. Like I think, just treating him as um, you know this like a child who was literally experiencing things in the world for the first time, as he was, and for me to allow myself to see his perspective Mm. and cherish and value that was just such a joyful um, path that we went on. And so I guess because of that, maybe he, you know, he knew even from my, the way I treated my babies, I always listened to them and tried to let them lead their growth and development to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that nurtures then that relationship, right? Like I did not feed on a schedule. I did not, you know, that kind of thing. I was really trying to be tuned into what are his needs and wants. And then there's also, you have to balance it as a parent to, Hey, I need some sleep and you find your support and you make some adjustments too. Right. Uh, So that I, I would say that kind of carried through, we were lucky enough to homeschool. So we spent a lot of time together. And Liam, you know, each child has their own personality. We joke about it, but if this were one of the other sons, I don't know that they would have picked me for their <laughs> part. So, um, but also they would have had an older brother. They could have picked Liam, you know? Right. So we, we did say, oh, it's a pity that your middle brother isn't old enough that you could pick him because they build really well together. Like the middle mm-hmm. son is a faster, more talented builder than I am for sure. But uh, he was too young and Liam just kept saying no mom it's okay you've been there from the beginning on my Lego journey you've supported me in a million ways and you've been learning more than you give yourself credit for. Let's do this it'll be fun and I was like, okay as long as the rest of the family is okay with me stepping away I would love that experience it's such a rare opportunity to suddenly have time with your firstborn when you have other children in line to step away and have that one-on-one time with them again, as they're at this cusp of, you know, entering adulthood. So that was such a gift. And one other thought, if you don't mind me um, going a little long with this answer Mm is the way you described that mom's response to your email just reminded me, I think one of the joys of having a mother son team on Lego masters is that we're seeing what is often an invisible relationship or an invisible role of the mother being brought forward. You know, there are other women on Lego Masters who are mothers, but that's not necessarily the primary focus of, of their identity. Or you don't even just see the mother-child relationship on TV because they're there with maybe another mother, another right. woman. So this is really, I think it, it is a first and it is exciting to see the parent-child relationship, the mother-child relationship, um, and to see as as we've discussed it, some like the invisible made
0: visible. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for, you know, bringing that to the awareness of, you know, everybody who's watching and getting people to think about it as like, hmm, you know, it, it does make you think about your relationship with you know, my relationship with my son and spending that time. And it's like, it really has a purpose. That time we spend with them when they're young, nurturing that relationship and being present for them. It really, you might not see it when you're in the middle of, you know, tantrums or chaos, or, you know, you haven't had enough sleep, all of that, you know, the stress of parenthood. But then when they grow, And, you know, they're there beside you, you kind of see that fruit, it takes time, you know, you don't see it in the moment, but it takes time. But then when they, when they're that old, it is just wonderful to, to have that.
1: That's so true. It's like, my father always talks about the acorn, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. inside
1: this acorn is that great mighty Oak. And he'd, he'd give us always a lecture in the middle of a hike, (laughs) But it's so true like we don't realize we're planting little seeds with each interaction that we have with our children and this is where i should also jump in and say it wasn't always perfect Mm -hmm. it wasn't always easy i'm not perfect liam's not perfect there are moments where we rub each other the wrong way etc um and literally you know there have been a million times i have given my kids opportunities to as i say practice forgiveness
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no perfect, there's no such thing. Like it's impossible. And I do. I mean, that's the primary thing I've been doing for many years, parenting and focusing on connection. And it's still, there's so many moments where I'm like, I didn't, that, that, that interaction just went all wrong. (laughs) But it's, it's just the collective.
1: Those interactions are such perfect moments for the learning right? Because if we acted perfectly, our kids would beat themselves up when they became parents like, oh, my parent never struggled. I mean, you know, mom or dad yeah. never struggled with this. Why am I finding it so hard? Absolutely. Newsflash, parenting is so hard, right? It yeah. is the one thing that is like constantly causing us to um, in, be aware of our own issues, uh, evaluate our choices um, really reflect on are we connecting and, you know, who whose uh, interests do we have at heart, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, pushing us always to move from, you know, the human nature can easily be very selfish, and it's all we're always being pushed to be selfless in the sense of being aware of others and how we're engaging with them, right? And what are their mm-hmm. needs? Are we helping to be um, of service to our children? Because as parents, you know, we want to help our children grow and thrive. And sometimes that means like letting them have hard experiences and supporting them through that, you know, because life is hard. Like I will say Lego Masters was an amazing learning experience because suddenly Liam went from just creating his own YouTube videos where he could edit the content or whatever to we're on all the time. Karen wow. on these amazing builders from all across North America with us, like this is a high pressure situation. We weren't necessarily saying like, let's look at all the reality shows that we could apply to. Oh, Lego Masters, that relates to an interest. Let's do it. It was more like, we love Lego. We love creativity. Oh, wow. They're interested in Liam's art. Okay, well, maybe we can do this as a team. So suddenly, you know, this was, it was a huge growth experience for I think everyone on the show. And it's good to give ourselves these opportunities to struggle and deal with, you know.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it is. I was gonna ask you those 10 hours when they tell you like you've got 10 hours to build this this one thing. Is it like, do you get time to eat? Do you get bathroom breaks? How how does that work? Can I ask that?
1: Yeah, there's I mean, thank goodness for unions, because naturally, the the crew have certain limitations. So we also, um, you know, naturally get certain, you know, humane uh, treatment limitations, like you have to take a short break for a meal after I forget if it's five or six hours since your last meal, something like that. Bathroom breaks are on your own time. So that means in the middle of building, if you have to run to the restroom, the clock is still ticking. And so uh, you got to go and just be really, really quick. So
0: mm-hmm. wow. there's
1: the risk of people forgetting to drink. Mm. Um, they don't want to use the bathroom actually in a competition setting. So one of my unofficial roles was reminding people to drink. <laughs> 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 well, because, like I know that, you know, the brain works better. The mood works better if we're hydrated. If and were hydrated. We, do, we do have a drawer there behind our building desk that has, um, our building table that has snacks in it. So Mm -hmm. that's why when I offered Michelle applesauce, it's because we had those in our uh, drawer. I don't know that every team, we got to kind of request our snacks. So I don't know that she did, but I knew that, you know, just kind of the, she might be having a sugar low, she might, so many things, um, socking, as we know, can have a calming effect on the nervous system. Oh, that's
0: good to know. (laughs) That yeah. that actually could be helpful for a parent who was having a meltdown, you know, because of some Absolutely. stressful- Absolutely.
1: Can I can I jump in and share one funny story? My brother just texted me yesterday and he he had just watched episode four. So that, sorry, everyone, we're, we are discussing a few little spoilers here. But um, he said, I have two words for episode four. And I was like, huh, what? And he wrote, peace mints. And I had to search my memory a little bit and I realized he was talking about once upon a time. I made this as a tool for my children. Peace pockets. Peace pockets, and these were just different tools that they could turn to when they were needing to calm down. Oh, you know, wow. it's like, it's like anger moments and issues, and you may Peaceful. see this. This word is, it, is it here.
0: Peaceful is temperament. This. Yeah. Oh, nice.
1: So this is the one. He remembered his son, my nephew, whenever he came over to visit us, if he, he didn't really need to calm down, but he loved those peace mints, as he called them. And he would always go grab and there was a tin of Altoids and he would help himself to them (laughs) and suck on them. And w- he knew, I would always say, oh, those are so good to help you just calm down sometimes in a moment. You know, you, it helps close your mouth so that instead of spewing anger, you're kind mm-hmm. of chilling your mouth. The sucking uh, activates something in the vagus nerve, apparently, that calms the nervous system
0: down. And Right. So- oh, I love and this. I-, I love this. <laughs> I feel like we could have another interview just talking about, you know, the brain and parenting and meltdowns and, you know, (laughs) taking a pause when you're triggered because it's always about this, you know, we, we as parents, I mean, sometimes the kids lose it. They are, their brain is getting overwhelmed. Their nervous system is getting overwhelmed. We also get overwhelmed, you know, something (laughs) triggers us. And so, so finding that, you know, what is the immediate thing, the little thing that we can do in the moment to help regulate mm-hmm. our system. So we don't react in the mm-hmm. moment and then we just take time to respond to what's mm-hmm. happening instead of, you know, reacting to it. I love that.
1: Right. And it's, I I mean, love that. it's a natural need to step aside every now and then and take a moment for yourself and breathe, or even as uh, brickmaster Amy would often say, are you remembering to step back from your build and look at it Mm. from a distance oh we get so hyper focused when we're building Mm. and this is anything in life sometimes we just get so narrowly focused we have our blinders on and we don't look up and notice for example oh there's another big red creation across the room being built and ours is red too is that a problem or Oh, wait, I'm looking now at our build from a distance and I can't decode it. I can't tell what it is. So we need to fix that, you know? And so in life in general, it's the same when we're in an angry moment and we're hyper focusing on what's upsetting us, like being able to step back and take that moment to have a different perspective is such an important life skill.
0: And right. it was hard
1: for you in the Lego master setting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I, I love that visual reminder that you had and you had like peaceful prayer peaceful pen peaceful mints Pe- i'm going to have to like look at the video again and you know yeah, might have to steal absolutely. that <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great idea i love it and it was very helpful yeah in that episode thank you so much um emily that is um for taking the time and chatting um you know, is there anything else do you, for a mom who is raising sons, is there anything, you know, beside being, you know, being present as much as possible and playing, do you have any more advice or kind of words of wisdom? Um,
1: Absolutely. So this is coming from a woman who was convinced that she was going to have A daughter first, because every woman in my family had a daughter first. And I thought, well, that's the pattern. It must be. That was before I realized that it was actually the man's involvement in the making of the child that, you know, determines the gender. But anyhow, (laughs) um, I, you know, I am so grateful. I have become a mother of three sons. I, I actually, from pregnancy loss, we know. I could have had daughters in theory in this world, but they went on to the next world first. Mm-hmm. And so for whatever reason, it was the, the universe gave me live babies in this world that were all boys. And it has been such a huge learning experience for me. I don't think I appreciated how um, the boy's brain works. And, they're, they're, and there are many girls like this too. So I don't mean to overgenderize, but in general, we know boys are very kinetic learners. Their social, emotional, and language development is often a little later than girls. There is such a beauty though. Like I had, I learned to appreciate, let your son or daughter, if she's like this too, and by all means, encourage that. You know, let your child, your baby explore. Let your child get creative, pull together all the different elements from your home that are driving you bananas that they're now all out on the floor. Trust that this is an important part of their learning and their exploration Mm -hmm. and their agency in the world to discover relationships, cause and effect, Um, creatively put things together in new ways, see the potential in a situation to create something new You know that's what they're doing when they're first banging a spoon on the table that's what they're doing when they're first digging in the dirt or running after each other with sticks there were so many sticks and eyeballs that were almost poked out in my early parenting years being around not just my sons but all my friends i ended up gravitating toward my village became mothers of sons because we could relate Um, parenting boys in their early years is exhausting. It is physically demanding. Um, but then we know that parent generally, these are big generalizations, not always true, but parenting girls in the teen years might be more demanding emotionally (laughs) than parenting a boy. So we realize like there are you know trade-offs that there are differences generally speaking. Um, so I'd say just be have fun, put on your playful child's eyes and enjoy Mm -hmm. the world with them, encourage them, be patient with the mess if they're not naturally fantastic at cleanup. Liam still, um, you know, occasionally needs a little encouragement to clean up in the Lego room. I'm also at fault here. I'm looking around at the mess and, you know, (laughs) but part of that is the creative process can look very messy at times. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's good to sometimes let go of the mother's desire to have a neat, and tidy home and just let the chaos sometimes happen and just embrace it because it's only there for so long. And they say, you know, the days are long, but the years are short. It is so true. I feel like I blinked a couple times and my three boys are all bigger than me. And it's a wonderful new chapter. Every chapter has its beauty, but Mm -hmm. I do really, I, I loved those early years and I, I do think there's a beautiful gift in those as well. So enjoy hanging there, mama. Days can be very hard. You can yeah. cry and beat yourself up, but somehow all the things I did that I thought were for sure going to mess Liam up. Haven't yet come to fruition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank goodness.
1: <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's more to come. So maybe it's right. just some, some late bloomer in that respect. <laughs>
0: how old how old is your youngest your other two how old are they
1: yeah so right now they're 12 15 and 19 and we do regularly joke that oh we have to put some money in their uh fund for future therapy because you know i probably (laughs) messed them up today with how i i
0: think you have i think you've done an amazing job and actually the words of wisdom that you've just said they are so true and i can't wait to actually do another, you know, chat with you and just talk specifically about boys because some of the things you've said, I've I've been reading, and my husband was sharing with me a few articles about boys and, but our perception of boys is changing, which I I love that. But the challenges wow. that boys go through life, it's unique to boys and it's it is, um, yeah, it's great to to be aware of that and yeah
1: yeah, and I do think we have, like there's. There's sometimes we have to step back and ask, are we also cultivating enough compassion in these boys? Like raising yeah. just boys is a different experience. There is more testosterone being released in them yeah. when they're around other boys, or when, you know, it, it's a very different experience than a, a son who is raised with older sisters mm. and is exposed to a more nurturing play style by okay. the, the peers, the older peers. So, um, the sibling environment definitely has an impact. Um, Wow. There are so many interesting nuances there for sure.
0: Well, you have done, you've done an amazing job. And, you know, it's (laughs) thank you for helping Liam with his passion. And now he is uh, just showing his creativity and amazing art on TV and inspiring so many people, you know,
1: so so so, we're so so, proud of. And and you know and like we tell his other brothers, too bad there's no you know uh, opportunity that's similar in your chosen your path of mm-hmm. passion. So like very few children are going to have this kind of opportunity in life. But whatever they do, whatever their each person's uh, villages or environment or audience, we can all try to bring our best, you know, uh, positivity, our love our, um, you know, hope for the world and service to the world into that space. So wherever we each are.
0: Wow. Thank you. Absolutely. And you are, you are bringing so much goodness, uh, you know, in your, whatever you're doing. So I'm actually curious, what is next for you and Liam?
1: Oh, okay. And I'm supposed to probably also say, don't forget to watch Lego Masters. (laughs) There's still more episodes to come.
0: Um, Yeah, we can't wait for next episode. And it's the the preview is you have to build a dog.
1: I was going to say, so as far as your timeline goes, what's next for Liam and I is we're building dogs next week. I mean, all of us in the room, it was so wild. Uh, We had a watch party this past week. And as we uh, saw the preview, they said, wait a second, those are real dogs. And we were like, yes, real dogs. And they said, well, they were on set with you. And we said,
0: no, really? There were real they- dogs on set with us. Oh, my it's- gosh. Because, yeah, my my son and my kids, were. we do have a dog at home. There is no way he's oh, going to God. sit for that for a few hours. So we thought, well, did they just like stay for 10 minutes and leave? And then did you have a photo of them?
1: These are really, really beautifully trained dogs. Wow! And such an incredible diversity of dogs. Like for anyone who likes dogs, this next episode is so much fun. Oh, we love um, dogs. And 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 if you know Lego, like yes, there are o- over four thousand or more even elements. I'm forgetting the number, but in the brick pit we had over three thousand different elements. Yeah. So I we see. didn't have every single option, but like. It's still really hard to sculpt anything that is like humanoid or a living creature, really. This is a huge challenge. Um, and yeah, dogs move and how do you do it? Do you take pictures? Yeah, we were allowed to take some pictures, but I will say these dogs stayed on set a surprisingly long amount of the time. Wow. And they had handlers who would take them out for their bathroom breaks. <laughs> so at least we didn't lose build time for that. <laughs>
0: Oh, they had to have their breaks too. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: Oh, that is, that is exciting. I mean, who doesn't love dogs? We love dogs. We have a dog and my daughter and my family loves dogs. So we can't wait to see what you, what kind of dog you build and how it's going to come out. I can't wait for that episode. It's too bad. We have to wait a whole week.
1: (laughs) I know a whole week and then as far as the larger um, timeline for Liam and I go Liam is he's being approached to do commissions and he is excited to try to find more time to get back to his YouTube channel but honestly with the airing of Lego Masters and the kind of social that's involved in that as well as interviews and things and then his it being his first semester at university and he's a student in the film and television which is pretty uh, time intensive He's, he's pretty busy these days. Um, And Mm I'm, I'm looking forward to, well, one thing we've done in the past and we're trying to decide if we, when we can next resume it is teaching some Lego classes and camps, workshops, that kind of thing. Mostly we've taught, well, we've only taught children in the past, but I'm also looking at transitioning into doing uh, team building and creativity and other uh, type workshops for adults as well.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah.
1: That's and, ha- and co- Including college students as well, university, wow. age and above. I've I've worked with every age with Lego up through high school and now I'm looking at expanding. So wow. adding that to my portfolio. That
0: just brings it like a full circle, you know, yeah. it is. Yeah, that, that sounds. So I know that you said that Liam has a, a YouTube channel. Is that, yeah. is there a name for it? Yeah. If people, for example, would like to follow Liam and, learn more about what he's doing, or I don't know if you have a social media.
1: Sure. So Liam, you can look for him on YouTube. Brickster builds is his, um, you know, the way to search him. And he would love to have people come find what he does there. He has so many interesting videos, even a series he did as one of his homeschool years uh, where he did uh, 10 bricks a day where he would make something new and unique out of only 10 Lego bricks each day. And he has a tutorial that breaks each one down. He has a whole variety of fun things on there for all ages. And and he's also on Instagram. And on Instagram, I believe he's brickster.productions. Okay. But again, Bertster in both cases is spelled b r i x t e r. Okay. So an X instead of C K, right?
0: I, yeah, so, I'm going to get those from you and then have them linked uh, with okay. the video or audio.
1: And then, and then, for me, um, I'm on Instagram as Lego Mom Emily, and love would love to meet you there.
0: I love that Lego Mom Emily. Like I. It's just so wonderful to see Lego moms, and I think that would inspire other moms, you know, who are trying to incorporate Legos or relate to their kids with Legos. So definitely, if you are on Instagram, I would definitely follow Emily and and see wonderful. what she's up to. Yeah, oh, thank
1: you, thank you. And I I think I will be sharing, especially now that this episode is aired going forward, I'm going to be sharing more also just in terms of relationship building, whether it's with your child or you know
0: one of your colleagues so oh wonderful that is exciting yeah
1: thank
0: yeah i thank you so much emily for you know having the time to chat with me and talk about lego masters and also your relationship with liam i feel like there's a lot more questions i still want to ask you but we've uh we've covered quite a lot here and i'm hoping sure. that we can do even more you know in the later in a few months or years.
1: Sounds wonderful and Mia I know you're a phenomenal parent and also coach so it has been a real honor to be with you. There are questions I'd love to ask you as well but maybe for (laughs) if I ever have a podcast one day.
0: (laughs) Absolutely I mean it's always nice to connect with like you know like-minded parents as you see because I feel like what you have shown, you know, on screen is like everything I, I want to be with my son, everything that I help parents kind of realize and see what is possible if you nurture that connection and relationship with your child. So thank you for just bringing that, um, that awareness and also like, you know, seeing it, seeing, because I feel like when we watch TV show, it's always, Kind of the opposite. The parents are busy, the kids are just hanging out with their friends or not wanting to tell their parents about you know what's happening to them, but just to see the reality on TV that you no, know, you can actually have a wonderful relationship with your teenage boy and you know enjoy playing Lego and um creating things together. Absolutely.
1: So, and for each child it may look different. Like I remember the advice of um You know, sit down and play video games with your child if they're into video games. Like, you know, have fun with your child in their world of interest.
0: Whatever is their world, find that connection. Mm -hmm. Just be in it with them.
1: Right, often as parents, we want them to only be interested in our world of interest. And so um, that though naturally, I think comes more easily at a certain age. You know, children are only into their world. They're more open to our world, I think, if we're more open to their world and then the worlds can come together.
0: Absolutely. So, and I think that's the magic. That's where the magic is. That's where it, it all happens in that. Yeah. It's so simple. It's not that complicated, but right. it does but it
1: has to take work. And it, it does. Also, getting outside of our initial mindset, right? Yeah, absolutely. Intentional. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you for all your kind words. You're so sweet. And I look forward to part two if we get a chance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And all our love and support to Liam, we'll be cheering you on and can't wait to see what dog you build next next week. (laughs)
1: Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Take Take care,
0: care, Emily. Emily.